Section 9 Methods Labor in the Cities There is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and in equity. In connection with the proclamation of the message in large cities, there are many kinds of work to be done by laborers with varied gifts. Some are to labor in one way, some in another. The Lord desires that the city shall be worked by the united efforts of laborers of different capabilities. All are to look to Jesus for direction, not depending on man for wisdom, lest they be led astray. As laborers together with God, they should seek to be in harmony with one another. There shall be frequent counsels and earnest, wholehearted cooperation. Yet all are to look to Jesus for wisdom, not depending upon man alone for direction. The Lord has given to some ministers the ability to gather and to hold large congregations. This calls for the exercise of tact and skill. In the cities of today, where there is so much to attract and please, the people can be interested by no ordinary efforts. Ministers of God's appointment will find it necessary to put forth extraordinary efforts in order to arrest the attention of the multitudes. And when they succeed in bringing together a large number of people, they must bear messages of a character so out of the usual order that the people will be aroused and warned. They must make use of every means that can possibly be devised for causing the truth to stand out clearly and distinctly. The testy message for this time is to be borne so plainly and decidedly as to startle the hearers and lead them to desire to study the Scriptures. Those who do the work of the Lord in the cities must put forth calm, steady, devoted effort for the education of the people. While they are to labor earnestly to interest the hearers and to hold this interest, yet at the same time they must carefully guard against anything that borders on sensationalism. In this age of extravagance and outward show, when men think it necessary to make a display in order to gain success, God's chosen messengers are to show the fallacy of spending means needlessly for effect. As they labor with simplicity, humility, and graceful dignity, avoiding everything of a theatrical nature, their work will make a lasting impression for good. There is a necessity, it is true, for expending money judiciously in advertising the meetings and carrying forward the work solidly. Yet the strength of every worker will be found to lie not in these outward agencies, but in trustful dependence upon God, in earnest prayer to Him for help, in obedience to His Word. Much more prayer, much more Christ-likeness, much more conformity to God's will is to be brought into the Lord's work. Outward show and extravagant outlay of means will not accomplish the work to be done. God's work is to be carried forward with power. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need to understand that God will add to the ranks of his people men of ability and influence who are to act their part in warning the world. Not all in the world are lawless and sinful. God has many thousands who have not bowed the knee to bow. There are God-fearing men and women in the fallen churches. If this were not so, we would not be given the message to bear, Babylon the greatest fallen is fallen. Come out of her, my people. Revelation 18, 2, 4. Many of the honest and hard are gasping for a breath of life from heaven. They will recognize the gospel when it is brought to them in the beauty and simplicity with which it is presented in God's word. Subheading, Teaching the Principles of Health Reform. As a people, we have been given the work of making known the principles of health reform. 
There are some who think that the question of diet is not of sufficient importance to be included in their evangelistic work, but such make a great mistake. God's Word declares, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 The subject of temperance and all its bearings has an important place in the work of salvation. In connection with our city mission, there should be suitable rooms where those in whom an interest has been awakened can be gathered for instruction. This necessary work is not to be carried on in such a meager way that an unfavorable impression will be made on the minds of the people. All that is done should bear favorable witness to the author of truth and should properly represent the sacredness and importance of the truths of the third angel's message. The work of health reform is the Lord's means for lessening suffering in our world and for purifying his church. Teach the people that they can act as God's helping hand by cooperating with the master worker in restoring physical and spiritual health. This work bears the signature of heaven and will open doors for the entrance of other precious truths. There is room for all to labor who will take hold of this work intelligently. Keep the work of health reform to the front is the message I am instructed to bear. Show so plainly its value that a widespread need for it will be felt. Abstinence from all hurtful food and drink is the fruit of true religion. He who is thoroughly converted will abandon every injurious habit and appetite. By total abstinence, he will overcome his desire for health-destroying indulgences. Subheading, Work for the Wealthy Classes. The servants of Christ should labor faithfully for the rich men in our cities, as well as for the poor and lowly. There are many wealthy men who are susceptible to the influences and impressions of the gospel message, and who, when the Bible and the Bible alone is presented to them as the expositor of Christian faith and practice, will be moved by the Spirit of God to open doors for the advancement of the gospel. They will reveal a living faith in the Word of God and will use their entrusted means to prepare the way of the Lord to make straight in a desert a highway for our God. For years, the perplexing question has been before us, how can we raise funds adequate for the support of the missions which the Lord has gone before us to open? We read the plain commands of the gospel and the missions in both home and foreign fields present their necessities. The indications, yea, the positive revelations of providence unite in urging us to do quickly the work that is waiting to be done. The Lord desires that moneyed men shall be converted and act as his helping hand in reaching others. He desires that those who can help in the work of reform and restoration shall see the precious light of truth, be transformed in character, and be led to use their entrusted capital in his service. He would have them invest the means he has lent them in doing good, in opening the way for the gospel to be preached to all classes, nigh and afar off. Will not heaven be appreciated by the worldly wise men? Oh, yes. They will find rest and peace and repose from all trifling, all ambition, all self-serving. Urge them to seek for the peace and happiness and joy that Christ is longing to bestow upon them. Urge them to give their attention to securing the richest gift that can be given to a mortal man, the robe of Christ's righteousness. Christ offers them a life that measures with the life of God and a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. If they accept Christ, they will have the highest honor, honor which the world can neither give nor take away. They will find that in the keeping of the commandments of God there is a great reward. 
The compassionate Redeemer bids his servants give to rich and poor the call to the supper. Go out into the highways and hedges, and by your persevering, determined efforts, compel them to come in. Let ministers of the gospel take hold of these worldly, moneyed men and bring them to the banquet of truth that Christ has prepared for them. He who gave his precious life for them says, Bring them in and seat them at my table, and I will serve them. Ministers of Christ, link yourselves up with this class. Pass them not by as hopeless. Work with all the persuasion possible, and as the fruit of your faithful efforts you will see in the kingdom of heaven, men and women who will be crowned as overcomers to sing the triumphant song of the conqueror. They shall walk with me in white, says the first and last, for they are worthy. Revelation 3.4 Altogether, too little effort has been put forth for men in responsible places in the world. Many of them possess superior qualifications. They have means and influence. These are precious gifts entrusted to them by the Lord to be increased and used for the good of others. Seek to save men of wealth. Entreat them to return to the Lord the treasures he has lent them in trust that in New York and other great cities there may be established centers of influence from which Bible truth, in its simplicity, shall go forth to the people. Persuade men to lay up their treasures beside the throne of God by returning to the Lord their substance, enabling his workers to do good and to advance his glory. Subheading, Enlarging Our Forces The strength of an army is measured largely by the efficiency of the men in the ranks. A wise general instructs his officers to train every soldier for active service. He seeks to develop the highest efficiency on the part of all. If he were to depend on his officers alone, he could never expect to conduct a successful campaign. He counts on loyal and untiring service from every man in his army. The responsibility rests largely upon the men in the ranks. And so it is in the army of Prince Emmanuel, our general, who has never lost a battle, expects willing, faithful service from everyone who has enlisted under his banner. In the closing controversy now waging between the forces for good and the hosts of evil, he expects all, laymen as well as ministers, to take part. All who have enlisted as a soldiers are to render faithful service as minutemen, with a keen sense of the responsibility resting upon them individually. Those who have the spiritual oversight of the Church should devise ways and means by which an opportunity may be given to every member of the Church to act some part in God's work. Too often in the past, this has not been done. Plans have not been clearly laid and fully carried out, whereby the talents of all might be employed in active service. There are but few who realize how much has been lost because of this. The leaders in God's cause, as wise generals, are to lay plans for advance moves all along the line. In their planning, they are to give special study to the work that can be done by the laity for their friends and neighbors. The work of God on this earth can never be finished until the men and women comprising our church membership rally to the work and unite their efforts with those of ministers and church officers. Subheading, Centers of Commerce and Travel. In these days of travel, the opportunities for coming in contact with men and women of all classes and of many nationalities are much greater than in the days of Israel. The thoroughfares of travel have multiplied a thousandfold. God has wonderfully prepared the way. The agency of the printing press, with its manifold facilities, is at our command. Bibles and publications in many languages, 
setting forth the truth for this time, are at our hand and can be swiftly carried to every part of the world. Christians who are living in the great centers of commerce and travel have special opportunities. Believers in these cities can work for God in the neighborhood of their homes. In the world-renowned health resorts and centers of tourist traffic, crowded with many thousands of seekers after health and pleasure, there should be stationed ministers and canvassers capable of arresting the attention of the multitudes. Let these workers watch their chance for presenting the message for this time and hold meetings as they have opportunity. Let them be quick to seize opportunities to speak to the people. Accompanied by the power of the Holy Spirit, let them meet the people with the message borne by John the Baptist. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew 3.2 The word of God is to be presented with clearness and power, that those who have ears to hear may hear the truth. Thus the gospel of present truth will be placed in the way of those who know it not, and it will be accepted by a few and carried by them to their own homes in all parts of the world. We are to give the last warning of God to men. And what should be our earnestness in studying the Bible and our zeal in spreading the light? Let every soul who has received the divine illumination seek to impart it. Let the workers go from house to house, opening the Bible to the people, circulating the publications, telling others of the light that has blessed their own souls. Let literature be distributed judiciously on the trains, in the street, on the great ships that ply the sea and through the mails. I am instructed to point our ministers to the unworked cities and to urge them by every possible means to open the way for the presentation of the truth. In some of the cities where the message of the second coming of the Lord was first given, we are compelled to take up the work as if it were a new field. How much longer will these barren fields, these unworked cities, be passed by? Without delay, the sowing of the seed should begin in many, many places. Testimonies for the Church, Volume 9, pages 109 to 123.